0: what's up it's february 14th happy valentine's day thanks for tuning in to another week from the podcast that gives you the most honest viewpoints on the week's hottest sports topics this is episode 88 of the chasing points podcast i'm sam that's brandon why are you laughing dude Uh, the intro is still getting me i'll continue you wrote it you wrote it (laughs) yeah no you're, you're reading it he's uh he's here he said he wasn't coming but he showed up, and he's got I a lot did. to say. I do, I do. Brandon. Your uh, your Eagles lost the Super Bowl. Let's just be blunt. Uh, we're going to talk about it. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things, of course. And, <laughs> and the Super Bowl happened. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a good one. Could have been a little better. Uh, Rihanna, all of that. NBA trade deadline. Kevin Durant. It's a banner week for uh, for you, man. I'm feeling for you today. Uh, we're gonna. We're going to get to all of it and, uh, and more. So I guess we'll just dive into it. Brandon, after a 10 point deficit headed in the halftime, the chiefs pulled off a comeback over your Eagles, 38 to 35 Harrison Butker with a last second field goal, uh, to seal the deal for Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. And, uh, just, uh, you know, a great performance by Mahomes and, uh, the chiefs but also on the other side of the ball your your eagles jalen hurts a, a lot needs to be said there because i you know i don't want to steal your thunder or anything but i think he had a hell of a game and if this game went the other way he'd easily be the mvp so i'll I'll give you the floor first uh you know tough night for you but what do you what are your first impressions of uh last night uh first
1: and foremost congratulations to mahomes and the Mahomes. Uh, because they did win uh, and at the end of the day a W is a W no matter how you get it uh it was uh to see Mahomes and I I mean we've we've all watched it to see Mahomes and I normally root for him when my team is not playing against him uh but to see what this man is able to do even on a bum leg, bum ankle, uh, the the pass that he had to Travis Kelsey basically fall into the ground, and it was a shoestring catch from Travis Kelsey. Uh, it just shows the, cre- the chemistry that those two have and the arm angles that this young man is able to get the ball out accurately and then still will himself to be able to scramble in certain occasions that they needed it the most uh, to put his team into such great field position. Uh, one time running down to, uh, I think it was like the three-yard line, and then the other rushing and getting them closer uh, towards uh, their end zone. Uh, so shout out to, to them for that. Uh, Travis Kelsey is is easily, in my mind, if not already, uh, the greatest tight end that we've ever seen To to be in the same category or even be spoken in the same breath as Jerry Rice for touchdowns in the Super Bowl and or playoffs is wild Incredible, to me. Yeah. Like he's he is a phenomenal player. And to know his story, some of you've probably caught a glimpse of it uh with with the lead up to the Super Bowl of, of the story between of how he basically almost didn't get uh picked for the Chiefs and how his brother had to vouch for it. I knew about that for a while because of what happened in and Andy and all that and just following Andy Reed closely and then obviously my team but to see that his brother Jason was essentially the reason that this young man still has a career in football that could have been taken away from his boneheaded mistakes and to see how he's turned this around and become one of the more lovable players in an NFL personalities uh, people
0: yeah his, absolutely his
1: personality is phenomenal uh there's Everybody on the Chiefs, I have so much respect for that team outside of Juju because I just don't like Juju, period. <laughs> yeah. Jackson I just, Mahomes. Uh, I can care less about Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> I can care less about him. I was upset about that because I was like, oh, here we go. It's a TikTok video is coming. Um, and I'm sure Juju's going to probably dance right next to him on a float or something like that. Um, for me, it's just seeing how Isaiah Pacheco, rushes for 15 yards, or rushes 15 times for 76 yards um, to see how m- my boys can stop him. K- Darius Tony, who I picked up in fantasy, did absolutely nothing for me nothing. with dog yeah. water and then shows up in a Super Bowl to get a crazy punt return and then also has a beautiful touchdown catch in the flat, uh, losing the corner. I think it was Darius Slay on that particular one. Um, shout outs to them. Well, that, I have nothing bad to say about the Chiefs, period. They played a hell of a game. Um, to my boys, uh, I'm so, 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 so proud of Jalen Hurts, first and foremost. And it may sound like I'm biased when I say this, but I'm not because the numbers prove what I'm saying. Jalen Hurts was the better quarterback. Statistically, and I feel with my eyes, was the better quarterback in that game throwing for 304 passing yards when they said that this young man couldn't throw the ball to start the season remember that sam
0: had one right, passing touchdown some yeah three on the rushes. ground man three on the ground yeah, yeah. sorry
1: <laughs> 70 yards rushing three touchdowns on the ground himself
0: he tied was it terrell davis for like the most rushing touchdowns in a mm-hmm. super like that's what dude he's a quarterback
1: He's a monster.
0: He's not just a regular quarterback.
1: He's he is the man in the room and what he he did I think uh Dame and I were literally just speaking before this and uh he said you know he said I know you're not hanging your 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 head on this and he's like I know it's it's upsetting. He's he said but I know what the league is thinking about this is that they just watched this Eagles team with led by Jalen Hurts, go toe-for-toe toe against one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback talent-wise that we've ever seen, already going to be in the Hall of Fame.
0: I think talent-wise. Talent-wise, I'd right. say, yeah, absolutely. right? yeah.
1: That we've ever seen, period, go toe-to-toe for him and basically statistically outmatch him in that. And he's still as young as he is. The Eagles have the tenth pick in the NFL draft. Thank you, Saints. They also have another first-round pick.
0: 30th overall.
1: They're going to lose some good players. Jalen's going to get paid, so it's going to make it a little bit harder to keep some people. But they they still have an extremely young core. Sam shared something with me, which I let me let me preface this real quick. I love Sam to death, and I love a lot of you people, that may listen to this or not. But when you're sending me Eagle stuff, 10 times out of 10, I've already seen it 100 times before you've seen it. But Sam sent me something that I had seen like maybe an hour before he had sent it to me, in fairness to him. And it was showing the list of how many players on the Eagles that were on this roster were actually drafted and their ages. And it just says to me that they're doing the right thing, that they're drafting the right players young. They continue to grow talent that way. And I just couldn't be more happy than what what I saw with with AJ, with Devonta. Uh, there's a lot of things, Sam, that I wish would have went our way. Jalen fumbled the ball, uh, yeah. that would have put them up two hmm. touchdowns. And I honestly think that right there—that
0: was is what I think changed was the game. Yeah, totally that
1: changed the game because that gave them momentum, kept them in there, and from that point, it, the game was a little bit different. Um, I know the biggest call, which we should just jump right into. Is the holding penalty against James Bradbury, who later admitted uh, that I, I I was holding, but there's something that I learned about it that I'm going to share. Very very interesting, and I heard it from Rob Minkovich this morning, and I didn't never thought about it because I never played football to that level uh, or actually like pads wise. Just just flag. Uh, I was going to play semi pro until COVID happened. So watching that. There was, you can say there's a hold on every damn play. Oh sure. On either side, there's there's a flag waiting to happen in every play. I think the part that bothered me the most about that play is the grab on the jersey, which was clear. There's no way to argue that. There, you can clearly see the grab on the jersey twice, but that did not impede Juju from getting to the ball, and that ball was way over his head. But. The point still stands by the terms of the NFL. It was a hold. But I don't hang my hat on that because that's not the thing that stopped the Eagles from winning. There was several other factors that stopped the Eagles from winning. It just sucked to see a call like that happen at that point in time. Where it kind of not kind of it did take the ball away from the Eagles and didn't allow us as fans because it was this is one of the greatest Super Bowls I've seen in a while. Like this offensively,
0: um. Oh yes, I think it was only a couple points shy of like most points ever in a Super Bowl. Yes,
1: yes. But I think they just took the refs took that drive away from the fans, and that may sound biased as an Eagle fan, but I truly wanted to see what Jalen would have done or wouldn't have done if he had the ball with enough time, because the way that he was driving up and down the field, that was. That was making it. I wanted that game to go to overtime so bad, like so, so bad and see what happened from there. But it just didn't happen. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, Sam. Yeah, I mean, good. a lot to unpack. Certainly we can go in a lot of different directions here. But uh, I guess before we, you know, get to to more of it and uh, to address the penalty thing, yeah. I mean, if you, if you watch a play closely enough, I'm sure you could find holding or some kind of obstruction on every... uh on every damn play that you watch but um there's there's a time and it wasn't really consistent with the way that the rest of the game was played I mean yeah there were penalties but a lot of them were more like encroachment or offsides there wasn't really it wasn't really a physical game in that sense yeah it was it was weird I I don't I agree it was a call and and Bradbury kind of broke that unwritten rule of you know you don't Admit something like that, but certainly he's got to have the weight of the world on his shoulders too. Feeling like he cost his team a Super Bowl, whether that's accurate or not, you know that's that's not. You know, I I feel bad for a a guy in that position, especially with the talent that he has.
1: Well, that's Uh, football one on one.
0: Yeah, it's you're
1: taught that if you're beat by the DB, instead of giving up the touchdown, you grab them. That is literally taught from Pee Wee all the way up into the big stage you're taught to hold the fucking (laughs) wide receiver and stop them from going so that is instilled in the game that is is a part of the game
0: there were a lot of uh, i don't know if you would say busted coverage but um a lot of that flat was wide open in the red zone on the second half of the game so i mean you know it's been you know you you spend five minutes on Instagram, you'll you'll see it. But stag rounds, uh, stag round, yeah. stag rounds. You know, I, I think too. I didn't we were talking off air. I didn't catch much like um coverage of the game today, just busy, busy Monday. But uh I did see a couple minutes of Dan Orlovsky on um on getup yep. today just explaining how motion and and I, I rock and roll play or something like that yeah, just, it's, I, it's, I would go seek that out if you're interested i mean just the ways that andy reed and eric b just caught you know baited really the eagles into certain coverage and then it just left them exposed uh you know these these plays in the flat that ultimately really was the difference in this game it was certainly a game of two halves right i i, I told you brandon at halftime i thought I didn't say this to you then, but I told you off air. I, yeah, I I thought the Eagles were going to win that game, just the way that they were playing, and the fact that they were keeping the Chiefs off the field, the offense off the field, mm-hmm. and they were gassing the defense, and running all over them. And it, again, it whether whether you could say it was lack of adjustments, or maybe they took their foot off the gas a little bit. I I don't know. Wasn't in that locker room. Wasn't on that sideline. Don't really have a feel for that kind of stuff but it it just reminded me of i i say this a lot but it reminded me of like tom brady and the patriots and watching them and having them beat up on my jets for 20 years it's they're never out of it i i think someone i think it was maybe greg olson saying if you're one you're one score behind mm-hmm. the chiefs are one score behind they're still you know it's like they're still in this game. And uh it they always find the Patriots, Tom Brady, Belichick always found a way to get into a game and take over a game. And and there's a lot of that magic now with the Chiefs. Over the last couple of years, yes, it's been helped with the refs in two weeks in a row now, uh, to a certain degree. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just that kind of magic is is with this team and certainly with this quarterback, but um, Especially the way he performed after tweaking his ankle, and right before halftime, there. Yeah, uh, you know, he's he's, he's an
1: absolute monster. Um, I, you just it's obviously I was going against him because it's my team. But as as you've heard me, when you picked the Bengals, who did I pick? I picked Mahomes. I was picking the Chiefs for a while, and I kept saying throughout this whole season to you, Sam, what did I keep saying? I've said it several times in this podcast. People aren't talking about the Chiefs, and that's scary.
0: Yep, yep. Give you. Totally I've been paying to attention.
1: I paid attention the whole season. He was quietly doing his his damn thing the whole season, and people weren't talking about them until it got closer and closer to the playoffs. And it's like, oh yeah, they're still here. It's because people have player fatigue. They they have greatness fatigue. They see it over and over again. It's like okay, like whatever. We want to see something new. I get it. Everybody wants to see something new, catches you. It's it's a spectacle. We're 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 stuck as as humans, and we want to see a new spectacle, something new that takes us and awes us. But Patrick Mahomes awes me enough with whatever he does. The point I was going to make also before, real quick, Sam, as we continue to go with the quarterback uh, play. But Rob Minkovich made a point on Get Up this morning that I did not know. So he said flat out from a defensive mindset is that James Bradbury and basically the Eagles defense should have been wearing white gloves is basically when you're, you're playing a team that's wearing uh, that color, you wear gloves essentially to match. Like if they're wearing white jerseys, you wear the glove sure. to match that. So that you can't really see at times what it looks like or a hold and stuff like that, which I did not know was a thing in football. And I was just like, Oh, OK, I was like, that makes sense, because if it would have been a white glove, you might not have they might not have seen that at first. Right. Well, so I thought that was pretty interesting and I thought I, I would share that. Um, but for QB uh, play, man, just to just to watch two phenomenal quarterbacks that were black. To start a Super Bowl made me feel so, so good about myself and for the future of quarterbacking in NFL. NFL. Uh, because historically, Sam, as you and I know, we know the history of it. Uh, black quarterbacks really didn't get the opportunity because they essentially were deemed not smart enough to play the position. And to see these two young men, one that's already a Hall of Famer, And one that could work his way into being a Hall of Famer, but it's too soon right now. We can see what happens, but mark my words if Jalen. He's playing like this. He will be a Hall of Famer Um, to see how they both played was absolutely phenomenal. And Jalen Hurts broke Steve McNair's Super Bowl rushing record by yards by QB in that game. Um. Man, it was it was just so good to watch that game. It was so good to see these two duel it out. And then the part that I think is going to be undermined or not really spoken about is how much respect and how highly both these young men speak of their competition and one another in this situation and how they speak on their own team and always say the right thing. I just absolutely love this about both of them in the futures bright.
0: so I, I saw this on um I saw this quote on Instagram today from from one of the ESPN handles. It's from Jalen after the game. and I didn't I didn't hear any of the press conferences. I saw the stuff on the field with, you mm-hmm. know, the trophy and all of that um i I didn't spend too much time seeing the press conferences, but everyone experiences different agonies of life. but you decide if you want to learn from it. And I know what I'll do. That's Jalen Hurts, 20-something <laughs> years old, just lost Super Bowl. And uh, and Pat Mahomes, too, said on Jalen Hurts' performance, if there was any doubters left, there shouldn't be by now. Mm-hmm. And it just speaks to this played-out narrative of, like, can we just stop? Jalen Hurts is a top-10 quarterback in this league. <laughs> and you're right. If he continues to play like this and is given the opportunity with the, the team he has around him, He's going to succeed, and it's you know the thing that I've loved about this kid, and I've been pounding the table for a couple years now, and I tell it to you all the time is, he's just a good, he's a good kid, he's you know he's he was he was pulled from a national title game for a freshman, and he ended up winning the game, the freshman Tua, and he stayed for another year, helping the kid.
1: I mean, as soon as Tua scored the first touchdown, the first person to greet him was Jalen.
0: First now, person have to you pulled. Yeah. And uh, uh, to your note about black quarterbacks, this is from the New York Times. Eight black quarterbacks have started a Super Bowl, accounting for only only 11 starts out of the 114 potential starting quarterbacks throughout Super Bowl history. And uh, that's wild. When you, you know, you know, it wasn't until Doug Williams. When was that in the early 90s? Shout and then Steve the McNair. Mm hmm. Donovan McNabb, Russ a couple times, obviously Colin Kaepernick, Cam, Mahomes three times, and and now Jalen. So I mean, yeah, the future is certainly bright at that position uh, in this league. And um, you know, we could we could sit here and just talk about all day um, the greatness of these teams and the quarterbacks there. But one, you know, new segment like I know uh, some some people do this, but it's like tell me where or this is where I was wrong kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'll say it. I thought this Eagles defense was going to be too much for the chiefs to run on. And it was almost like they baited the Eagles baited the chiefs to run. And they did. And especially that, that huge run by Patrick Mahomes. I think he had like 40, 44 yards on the ground. And he had like that huge 20 something play run with yeah. a bum ankle. Yeah. Yeah what the hell and then P- Pacheco running the way that he did and that offensive line who no one gave any credit to uh really shut down no sacks allowed like shut down the team that sacked the quarterback the most this year and yeah. i i don't think that's been talked about enough um you know the just the improvement on that team um you know yeah, they was, they learn from uh, what happened when they played <laughs>
1: Brady in that Super Bowl Uh, that Mahomes literally was running for his life. I was a little bit different this time around. I'll, I'll get to my theory on on that, by the way, very, very shortly. Unless let's you want me to get into it now, we can save the halftime show for for last and transition on. There we go. It's on the fly. Uh I watched I went back and watched a, uh, a bunch of clips Uh from the footage that I saw last night and and this morning before I started work and stuff. And this is for both sides, but I know it really, really affected the Eagles. And I know this is going to sound biased, but the way that this field was set up and showing the piles of cleats that players had to change because they couldn't get any footing. How do you stop one of the greatest pass-rushing <laughs> defenses, period? You spend $800,000 on turf or grass that you grow for two years, and you put it out there where nobody can get traction. Uh, the Chiefs players also, Like all jokes aside, it was terrible for both sides. Nobody could really move anywhere. I'm watching players trying to bend around uh, – tackles fall sliding uh people trying to cut sliding slip and falling not really being able to do it i just kept watching bodies hit the floor and that's all that came to my head one nothing's wrong with me two nothing's wrong with me and that's and i was like ah, you know bodies hit the floor and i was over it sam i was over it because the nfl is going to spend eight hundred thousand dollars for two years to grow a field that did what it's crazy because watching Fox pregame, they showed the field, and the groundskeeper
0: said, "This is probably my best work ever." Yeah, it was like the head groundskeeper. Yes, like it said this is my, probably my best. All, yeah. I
1: guarantee he wish he could take that back uh, because huh, it wasn't great. Watching what they did after the halftime show of seeing a bunch of people, field people, staff walking on the field and picking up chunks of grass after that man this is this is sam you said it perfectly off air this was a great time for them to test out new grass on the biggest game of the year <laughs> like where guys need to be and have their abilities to really get to it i i think that was a game changer for both sides cuz i think that would have definitely been uh interesting to see how players would have been able to move on again on both sides if they had traction real real traction
0: yeah, to to spend the amount of money and, and time and to test out something new on on the biggest event of the year, like would surpasses sports at this point. Um, but yeah, I guess it was it you know, the NFL teamed up with the USPGA or USGA and uh out of TPC Scottsdale. Um and like started growing this grass or something like that Mm -hmm. and then you know all the paint from all the different things on the field and and certainly a halftime show like that all all this stuff is nothing new yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's been going it's been going this way for a long time uh so you know it it was just wild that that happened and yeah the pile of cleats (laughs) i think at one point aaron andrews reported that no one on the chiefs changed cleats i don't you know i don't buy that but Mm, uh, i don't either you know it was jalen going from the the 11s to the ones that was it i love that change that change is great absolutely great change yeah so uh kind of a an embarrassment there uh for the nfl but you know they they make billions of dollars and they just throw stuff against the wall like we'll we can do this for the NFL. And it's just kind of like yeah. okay. well, they did
1: that. Okay. They do
0: money out there, and Rihanna
1: said, <laughs> I'll take it. Uh so <laughs> Rihanna halftime show. Sam, what did you think of the halftime show?
0: I'm a fan of Rihanna. I used to work in
1: this music, sounds like a letdown.
0: This sounds like a buildup to just like no no. no. I thought it was awesome. I okay. you know, uh she you know the first start of like the close-up on her face i thought that was i'm like what the hell's going on like usually you know they make a grand entrance and then they zoom out and she's pregnant again awesome asap no top asap no t- yep. i saw all those memes i thought that was great but uh yeah so that that was just cool i mean it sets you know the fact that she performed you know don't know how far along she is but she's certainly showing to to uh to perform the super bowl halftime show to be pregnant and with your second child and to to do what she did i don't think it was like it certainly wasn't overwhelming from like certain things um you know just aesthetically i thought it was really cool it looked like a super smash brothers uh level at one point with the like suspended hilarious uh, i love it the suspended uh levels and whatnot i thought yeah yeah, platforms yeah over yeah the platforms overall i thought it was good i mean she certainly has a deep catalog um and uh you know i i enjoyed it i thought it was i thought it was good like i i could understand the slander for it i could understand if someone thinks it was better than good but i just i thought it was good especially for someone who has taken their music career has been put on hold and yeah. and she's obviously raising a family and she has a billion dollar uh you clothing, know, clothing cosmetic line. cosmetic line like you know savage fenty like she's she's crushing it and she hasn't she hasn't performed in seven years i mean you, you couldn't tell there i mean she did it was it was a great job
1: I think that's like my greatest thing to ever hear you say is is savage Fenty. I wish I, I luckily this is a recording and I'm just going to clip this. And when you call me, it's just going to say that on repeat. So thank you for that. Um, cultured. <laughs> okay. Now people are not going to believe you because you said that. Uh, so, I'm I got the culture. <laughs> you just, you couldn't, you should have just let it ride. You just, you got to know sometime. Not knowing to hold them, knowing to fold them, Sam. Um, I I enjoyed it. Uh, especially understanding that Rihanna hasn't performed since 2017 is my understanding. Um, focusing on her billion-dollar uh, industries that she's made, or her clo- her her businesses that she's made, uh, started a whole family. Y'all thought we weren't getting music before. Uh, <laughs> we ain't getting new music now because uh, normally what happens is people perform at the Super Bowl and then they line it up with uh, they line it up with music to come. I don't yes. know if we're that music, people don't don't know if we're that music, especially with uh, children coming another children coming from Rihanna. Uh, but I enjoyed the hit I, and I enjoyed the fact that uh, I was I was really, really hoping we were we were guessing if she was going to bring out Jay. Uh, my girl thought that Drake was coming out. I said she's out of her mind. And then jokingly. We said somebody else is going to come out, uh, but we knew there was no way in hell that that was going to happen. Uh, I'll let you take a guess of one of the two people that that could have been. Um, but I- I'm really, really happy that she actually had that stage of her own. And I think I think Jay 100 percent wanted her to have that stage on her own because he could have easily came out and did diamonds with her. He could have came out and did run this town. Um, and And that would have been great umbrella. Um, yeah umbrella yep so there's she he could have done a couple songs with her and normally some people bring guests out but just the fact that she has that crazy catalog as you mentioned and was able to run through that on her own while pregnant um shout out to you riri uh i'm sure she's probably not going to get a call back again because she was uh grabbing certain areas a little too much on the screen but uh you know it is what it is
0: it uh you know rock nation produces the halftime show now. Uh, sponsored by apple music now and, and jay-z's if you don't know jay-z is is rock nation uh and and founded rihanna and helped catapult her career you know 15 plus years ago and uh you know i i thought it was an interesting choice to begin with because she was super super critical of the nfl in the wake of everything going on with mm-hmm. with colin kaepernick and actually declined the super bowl that year and a and a bunch of artists did, and eventually yep. went to Maroon Five. So, you know that kind of progression from the league, I thought was was a cool thing to see. Uh, I mean, she she comes out with "Bitch Better Have My Money," like like that was a, yeah. that was a flex, you know. <laughs> but yeah, you mentioned it. Usually, like artists don't get paid for the Super Bowl, or at least historically they haven't, and they usually use it as a springboard to announce a tour, to yep. announce new music, as you mentioned. And yeah, we got we got new music from her from the Black Panther Wakanda Forever uh soundtrack. And it was one song. But yeah, good. She's just gonna come back. Like she's probably just gonna go back into her quote unquote hiatus and yep, you know, just do her thing. And when she's ready, if she's ready, like the world will welcome her back. But it was you know, it was cool to see and and to your point, yeah, Jay could have came out, Drake, other people. Um, But it was it was certainly her moment. And I think both of those artists uh, deserve their own night, just like yeah. she did. And especially how Rihanna's always kind of felt that she was in the shadow of someone like Beyonce. And, you know, and always saying, you know, Beyonce got certain songs over her and different things like that. Like it's been reported. So like, just cool that, you know, obviously this is, years and years later but just to have a you know just a dominant female performing at the super bowl and doing it pregnant and just it was a cool moment for pop culture and and for the nfl for sure changing gears let's do it though from one heartbreak to the other sorry Hayes. when we uh when this episode dropped on wednesday morning last wednesday morning it uh It was announced that overnight that kevin durant was traded from brooklyn to the phoenix suns i do have to point out that you said he was 100 not going anywhere so i did i did i want i know you will address that and uh and and let us know why you said that and uh but but more importantly reporters the to the discussion um and the trade details here kevin durant tj warren traded to the suns for a package that included uh, Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder, who was later traded to the Bucks, and um, four future first round picks, including a pick swap in 2028. So, uh, you know, first off, the haze the trade, and uh, you know, then I guess we'll look back at the last three years of Brooklyn basketball as we did last week with Kyrie. Floor is yours, my friend. Um, you said, uh, heartbreak for me, it actually wasn't heartbreak.
1: I've been ready for this to be over. (laughs) I've I've absolutely been ready for this to be over. I I never wanted to to lose KD or Kyrie, uh, but once uh, the whole vaccination situation, uh, KD, how he started off his career with the Nets, uh, obviously coming off of his injury, um, going out and, and mortgaging essentially the future for James Harden as well. Uh, Then for only James Harden to leave and go to the Sixers and Kyrie still being fully immersed in more controversy as he has been everywhere he's gone, even though he's still one of my favorite players of all time. Um, I wasn't really upset with this trade. Obviously, who doesn't want a Kevin Durant on their team? Right. Let's let's keep it real. Who doesn't want a Kevin Durant on their team? Mikael Bridges literally said it himself. He said, I'm not mad at it. He said, if I was the Suns, I would trade for Kevin Durant too. Nobody in their right mind wouldn't try to trade for for Kevin Durant with the talent that you're acquiring uh, by getting him. Uh, The part for me that just made it so much better and made me feel really good is, I've spoken about this before to you, Sam. I didn't speak to you about it this time since the trade happened. But I'll share it here. Is I really enjoyed the team before those trades to get, or before KD and Kyrie came and Harden? I enjoyed that team way more than I enjoyed the team when they were there, because the energy yeah. on that bench was phenomenal. Kenny Atkinson had them boys playing. They made it to the playoffs without a superstar. the The star player on that team was D'Lo D'Angelo Russell. That was the star player of the team. That's when Ice in the Vein really started to, to show out. Right? So I really, really enjoy that. And then to see the post-trade of seeing Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Seth Curry, uh, Finney Smith, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Cam of, Thomas. A lot of wings. A lot, right? of wings. A, yeah, a lot of wings. I mean, all flats. Uh, but what I enjoyed very much so about this is that they played like a full team and it was really, really exciting because they almost beat the Nets. I mean, the Sixers. And it was so close, like literally buzzer beating, so close, just by the fingertip, just lost. They built, they rebuilt something on a fly, Sam. And I really, really like this team. They have a lot of defensive players in there now. They don't have superstars. It's going to be hard to, to, uh, you need a superstar in this league. I feel on a team to to always win a championship. You need it, but they've done what I have said to you so for so long, and I'm still I still have PTSD thanks to Billy King. Is they have acquired picks that is going to help them for the future, four first round picks for the future, trading Jay Crowder who they got. And traded him to the Bucks, which that's a big move for the Bucks. They acquired two second round picks in that trade, which is a three team trade. I absolutely love what they got back, and they stuck with getting Mikel Bridges no matter what. This is who we need, who we want. I'm really mad they didn't push for uh, DeAndre Ayton. Uh, especially knowing the history that Aiton is have had and has with the Suns, I'm really surprised. Yeah, that was surprising, him. right? I, I don't I don't know how that didn't happen, um, but I think the Nets really wanted more picks, and I think if they would have got Aiton, that would have eliminated those picks for sure. So yeah,
0: no, definitely. I I <laughs> when we were texting Wednesday morning, I was like, wait, wait, Aiton's not part of this deal. I mm-hmm. thought I assumed he would have been just based on, you know it yeah. kind of feels like the the Suns extended him just because they had to because he was an asset that they needed to, you know, keep under control kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um but you know the that Suns team's not going to be uh not going to be too bad either, but uh for the Brooklyn on the Brooklyn side, yeah, I enjoyed that team too. Even the first year where KD was hurt and it was Kyrie out there, it was, you know, good team this is before know they gutted the team essentially for uh james harden but they didn't have to do that for durant and kyrie because they were free agents They came on their own Mm -hmm. um so it was it was kind of sucked because the culture quote unquote that they wanted to be a part of was something (laughs) they ended up dismantling like brick by brick and um you know to hear kyrie's Comments after the, the Maverick game, <laughs> obviously being on the West Coast or near you yeah, know, know, know time, whatever. And he finds out that his friend was traded and he goes, Good, I'm glad he got out of there. What? Yeah, James Jane, Jane Harden glad. also
1: came out and said he's like, There's a reason why I left too. It wasn't just just because I wanted to get out. And this is like, you guys are clowns, man. You're really clowns. Because if that was the case, they literally went and did everything that you guys wanted them to do. Yeah, said side, you didn't want a coach.
0: Yeah, when when the two of them put their foot down, the ownership and, and 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 Sean Marks, that's when shit got weird. <laughs> yep. Yep. Because they, yeah, right. they were right. You were going to say Steve, they didn't want uh, Atkinson there, got rid of him. said they don't need a coach. Kyrie said that. Get Steve Nash, who, you know, Hall of Famer, one of the best point guards ever. Didn't really look like a great head coach, but that's what happens when you don't have any head coaching experience. And, you know, it's just uh, you, you you made this bed you, and you didn't have to sleep in it, you know, but to, I'm glad he got out of there. Like, <laughs> what?
1: Yeah, as much as I love Kyrie's talent, I, I've i said it before, I'll say it again. he I truly feel he relishes being the villain. Like, I, I, there's no way to me at this point in time that I don't believe that Kyrie doesn't enjoy being the villain. I understand like to me at times, like I know he's like, he almost feels fake woke to me at times, even though I, I, this is no knock on what he does off the court for many communities and packs. This is not an attack on that. It's just sometimes it just feel like he just says whatever he says. And he just believes that there's no repercussion. Like I can say whatever I want to say and mean what I want to say, and nobody can really have a retort for that. And I, that's like, bro, are you oblivious that people can always comment on whatever you say, and you're an athlete, a star athlete in the NBA, one of the greatest basketball players to ever hold the ball and do what you do with it, and you open your mouth, you don't think people are going to say something to you? They say something about any athlete that
0: is that talented.
1: You should be concerned if they're never saying something about you. It means they don't care about you anymore. And you're not that talented anymore.
0: The generalization of like, man, this place stinks. Like this generalization, I've been wrong. All of these, you know, it's this is, this is not a great environment for me. It's just kind of like, it's just all generalization. There's no substance to it. And there's been, and sure, you want to be, you know, he, he certainly doesn't shy away from, saying things it's not like he's being politically correct or polite there it just leads me to believe it's it's like one of those things it's like one day you'll find out it's like no we won't because (laughs) there's nothing there it's you know it's just kind of like i'm just going to generalize this i don't agree i'm not happy so i'm just going to you know project these feelings on on this situation i'm i don't need to explain myself because i don't need to explain my feelings Mm -hmm. and sure but it's just yeah it's 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 just a lot of like he thinks he's the smartest person in the room and in some rooms he may be i don't i'm not questioning his intelligence i just this like just emotionally he's stunted he is not you know but he has been he's a professional athlete and he's played at one of the most prestigious basketball programs in college and he was a we want first overall right yeah first overall you know it's just uh he's been coddled for a really long time and his perception is certainly something that's different from the average athlete or you and i so i don't want to waste any more time on uh no offense on the nets here but just want to talk about you know the, the acquisition here as far as kevin durant one of the what top twenty players of all time, top fifteen? I don't know. Uh-huh. I haven't made that list, but you could easily say top twenty. Just a lethal scorer, joining Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and and DeAndre Ayton. I don't know who's going to play the three or the four, but I don't uh, necessarily think that matters too much. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll get some buyouts and and some players wanting to join this team. Are they? I know the answer to this. Are they the favorites in the West? Yes.
1: Yes. Over and over and over again. I don't think I need to say any more. They already were a contender without him. And with him being there, I mean, they had a rough season with the injuries that they thus far with the injuries that they've had. But they already have. They've been to a championship. They lost. They have they didn't really lose anything I mean they lost one of their really really two of their really good wings one is their defensive heart of that team uh, but you add unreal scoring talent with KD yeah it's it's really really hard I mean they're gonna have to beat other teams like the Jazz that are playing well and you got uh what you call it what's the other team I can't think of that the, the nuggets. nuggets yeah Right, so you you still have to get through teams like that, and then also the team that I think that won, uh that I that won the trade deadline, which is the Lakers. Uh, and the Lakers, I love. I've heard people doubt the Lakers' moves, but I
0: love what they did. Sam, love what they did. Yeah, we'll get to get to that in a second too. But yeah, as you mentioned, man. I, I mean, the West is wide open here. I mean, the Nuggets have a. You know, have a four-game lead up on on Memphis here, but you you blink, you you wait a day, and and you know this this one through thirteen really is is completely different. Uh, yep. And the Lakers here yep. in thirteenth place at the moment, thirteen games behind the Nuggets, but right now the the Suns are sitting at in fifth place here, eight and a half back, certainly within striking distance. There's you know Denver's playing out of out of their mind as. Uh, As you mentioned, Memphis has certainly some question marks. The Kings are having a great season. No one really saw that coming. We are. And, you know, the Mavericks, certainly stuff to be excited about there in Dallas, as we've talked about. The Clippers right there, the Pelicans right there, big injury, re-injury to Zion. Don't look like we'll be seeing him lately. Timberwolves, Warriors without Steph and Thunder playing good basketball, too. You mentioned the Jazz. Like, it's all within striking distance. and. It's really interesting that after the KD move, I feel like the majority of, of the trades that happened after that were reactionary to like, okay, we need some depth here. We need some size. We need, you know, adjusting to the now favorites and, you know, in in the West and in, in the the entire association to, to be in the finals for sure. So just uh, lethal, you know, Chris Paul kind of seems like he's had certainly better seasons, but he uh he's as smart as the with the basketball as they come and certainly will will put these scores in a position to to succeed and you know the suns made a big splash they just got new ownership like really recently like within the last week and it was just like home run let's go for it F those picks you know it's just like let's go and uh you know big splash big owner and they have book and and uh kd locked down for a while so it's just it'll be fun to see that but you mentioned the lakers man uh you know big trade as you you mentioned d'angelo russell uh headed back to the lakers from the timberwolves it was a a big three (laughs) are you laughing about just d'angelo russell in general yeah uh going back to lakers yeah yeah. malik beasley also in this three-team trade russ Westbrook out the door headed to Utah that might be a buyout but um Probably Lakers is. yeah Lakers um you know got better I think they got rid of a, a coveted pick that 27 unprotected um pick which the speculation is in 4 or 5 years this team's not going to be very good so it might be a, a a big pick but um you know they they definitely added depth and they got better with these guys
1: I'm just still laughing that d is back with the Lakers after all that has transpired from that. But, I mean, he went and rebuilt his career in Brooklyn and uh, went to the T- Timberwolves, and he's not in the limelight like that anymore. But it's interesting to see him there. Uh, I think one of the Jared Vanderbilt, huge pickup for me, I, I believe, super underrated pickup. Uh, same yeah. with Malik Beasley. Yep. Uh, I, I love what they went out and got the pieces when it looked like they couldn't get anything. They dump Russ, and I got to be honest. So I know I've seen a bunch of slander about Russ, and I heard there's no way that if you follow basketball, you didn't hear the slander was going on with Russ and his how his play was since he's come to Lakers. And I've never like really sat there and watched it because I'm not really watching the Lakers like that to be honest. Uh, but I watched Russ in some recent games, and Lord, it it's, it's got awful uh, his his game. Truly, truly, did not age well,
0: um, at all, and it's and unfortunate. You didn't think it would though, unfortunately, but
1: no. But see, here's the thing though. He is the guard version of Carmelo Anthony. Is that they're both? They at their peak, you could not stop either of them from scoring. Period. But once they started losing some of that athletic ability neither of their game transformed well. It took for Mello to be out of the league to change his game to conform to the team. Because once you've been that guy for so long, and I don't think people really, really understand, because if you've never been in that position, you'll never, ever understand, is when you've been that guy for so long and you've ascended to this, and this is the way that you played to get to that spot, it's hard to change something or the way that you play that you've been playing for 20 plus years. It's hard to do that on the fly. Sam, that's like saying for 20 years, you wake up and you have a morning routine and you've done it the way that same way every single day for 20 years. And then all of a sudden, somebody's telling you, you got to change this. This is going to change you as a person because it's a part of who you are sewn into the fabric of you. But man, when I watch Russ play, it was sad to see because of of the talent of what he is. But it was just sad to see that this is where he's at. But I do, to your point, I think it's going to be a buyout in Utah. But we'll see. Maybe they use him. Maybe they don't. Um
0: yeah, it's 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 a it's strange because um, or not necessarily strange, but it got it got bad, even worse quickly, especially yeah. Tuesday night. We'll get to that in a second with LeBron breaking uh, Kareem's record there and getting into a, a fight with uh their head coach uh um, yeah, after darby right? ham and and then reports saying that he's like a vampire in the locker room or something along those lines like and uh you know no one had a good vibe yeah after seeing all of that that was in this uh whatever the hell the staple center is called now so it's like crypto yeah crypto.com arena whatever but um yeah i i didn't think that body that game would age well certainly he was one of the more athletic athletes that this game's ever seen i mean the things that he could do especially like in the yeah. air near the paint to contort and to get around defenders and you know mr triple double and you know it just yeah yeah adapt or die right it's just it's the way that it it goes in sports and it took mellow a little bit but he got there to an extent yeah he uh, did and I just, it's, I don't know if Russ will ever do that. Though. Yeah. It's, it's just it's, hard to thing. It's hard to see that happening, but certainly anything can happen. But any other moves, real quick, uh, with the, the trade I, I deadline? Still staying there. I love that okay. they got
1: rid of Pat Bev. Uh, I, I like Pat Bev for defense, but that's all he brings is defense. O- outside of that, he's a liability on the offensive end. Uh, he doesn't bring that. And they bring in height and length in Mobamba. Uh, call it anyway um <laughs> i really 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 enjoy uh seeing him and i i think he's a silent because nobody pays attention to the magic but they do have some good young talent down there so i think that was a huge acquisition for them uh and i think it's under the radar all their picks are under the radar for me honestly outside of d i think they they went out and did what they needed to do and i'm I didn't think the Lakers had the ability to do this, but Rob Palinka, I guess, was tired. People talking about him, and he said, "Put some respect on my name. I can go out and still get some people." So,
0: I might just I like be, that. I'm, I'm not going to be here for 2027. Yeah, I exactly. I don't do something. Exactly.
1: So. I'm going to do something while I have Braun here. Uh, I like uh, Josh Hart going to the Knicks. I love that. Um, move. I love seeing that uh, the Villanova championship team, which broke my team's heart. Uh, being in New York you have two on the Knicks and one on the Nets uh so very much so and enjoy that um did the did the Hawks trade um John Collins yeah
0: no yeah i the just... trades
1: that i thought would have happened yeah. like I'm just like what Raptors what's did on? nothing
0: all that yeah. buzz about Ananobi we talked about it last week and maybe that price tag was too high maybe it was just their way of seeing what they could get, but wanting to, to build around uh build around that team, you know, yeah.
1: um, certainly I'm a also, lot of
0: question there, but yeah, a lot of these bigger moves we thought were still coming. It didn't happen. Also. I think the sneaky one that I, it's kind of sad
1: for me is seeing James Wiseman getting traded away from the, the, uh, warriors to the Pistons, uh, because if he would have been able to stay healthy, which I think that's his issue. And probably why the warriors just gave up, uh, because if he would have been healthy, having another big, a big having a big body like him with Steph and having that pick and roll in the way that he was playing, like it would have, it had been really really hard to stop. But he can't ever stay on the court. And yeah, like he has
0: not been able to stay on the court. Period. Sam, so I imagine too playing in Golden State, not just you know the pressure or the talent that you're surrounded with, but mm-hmm. the Steve Kerr's system can't be an easy thing for a a center who didn't get much run in college right you know had his you know different things going on with the ncaa and and didn't play a lot but um certainly take some some reps to get used to the nba game and, yeah. and playing in that system and the you know aside from the years where they were kind of out of it or Steph or clay were hurt it, james Wiseman's not seeing the, the court and you kind of see it with Kaminga too and and moody like they have flashes like where they're yeah these guys look really good and then it's just like they're just not going to get the run well I also think that's established team you know that that that's it right there Sam it's that they already have
1: players in position but they're aging right and they're they're not doing it like pool forced his way into that lineup like there is no way you're not going to do that and you and and I think he kind of had like just think about this if clay never got injured that way pool would have never seen the light of day he would be right there with moody and all of them too because you're not going to start or give up clay's playing time for pool right because he's one of the splash brothers one of the greatest three-point shooters ever you're not going to do that but clay's injury and and losing some of that and losing so much time pool was able to slide in and work his way into that lineup and seeing how he plays you can't really get rid of him those other guys like you said were kind of like flashes in the pan Think they can still be something, but we'll see. But I, I one thing before we we go to uh Mr. All-Time Leading Scorer, uh funniest trade. <laughs> Rockets trading for John wall Uh, absolutely the funniest trade ever. Uh, it just seemed like the biggest troll trade in the world because it's like it, it's sad to see that he didn't work out with the Clippers, yeah. right. And then to get traded back to the team that he just talked. Hell of shit about some of the players there and what happened there i'm sure it's going to be a
0: buyout and john will is probably going to be at home again what's well, like what's funny about it too is the rockets were already still paying him yeah yeah so it's just kind of like well we might as well have keep him on them. our team if mm-hmm. we're going to pay him so yeah no yeah. that was interesting 38 second round picks traded during the oh, wow. i think just the 2 days before the trade deadline 38 i mean this wild this five just give me five second round picks like what i think this deadline is gonna is gonna
1: shake up the balance of the nba because second to me it's always the drafts of any uh major sport always really starts in the second round for me like i always feel that sam and i feel like that's where you start second third is where you start getting some of the crazy talents that people overlooked, and then all of a sudden you're like, where did this person come from? And then next thing you know, they're one of the best players in the world. Uh, So I think this is going to to change. But people were throwing away second-round picks like it was nothing, man. So I'm intrigued to see what happens with that. Speaking of intriguing, Sam, I said that LeBron was going to break the record When they played the bucks. And then I saw all the people that were at the game. And I said, there's absolutely no way LeBron doesn't break the record tonight. His kids were there. His whole immediate family was there. Mama love was there. His high school teammates were there. His business partners were there. His, uh, a lot of his friends were there. Jay was there. Jay-Z that is. Uh, you had Uncle Uncle Shannon there, uh, who we'll get to a little bit more later. <laughs> um, Denzel there. You had anybody you can possibly the bad bad balling was sitting there on the sideline. Anybody you can possibly imagine the who's who was there. Phil Knight, the guy that signed him to Nike, there who is had probably the second biggest
0: moment that night. Can, yeah, can we totally. say that fairly, Sam? Yeah, not right. get into it, man. I, he I'm had the second the
1: biggest moment that night while everybody was standing up, taking pictures of LeBron shooting that fadeaway on the left side of the court. I remember that very, Next to very, his very kids, clearly.
0: next to Bronny and... Um, next to Bronny and Bryce. Bryce, yeah. Phil Knight is sitting there while everybody in the
1: damn arena is taking pictures, watching and consuming it with his eyes not on his phone
0: it, it, go and check I, out the pictures guy i love the picture it's legendary
1: it's people need to be more like phil knight and that is what i am when i go to concerts i take a couple videos just to be like you know a couple videos and pictures like to remind myself and just look at it and glue. i was here it was after cool that vibe, yeah. yeah yeah but after that my phone is off i want to be there in that environment and that is exactly what i love to see about that picture while everybody was around capturing it and living it through their phone he was living it through his eyes And he'll probably be able to tell it better than a lot of people would be able to tell it in that feeling that you have because you lose some of those senses when that. But second biggest moment, but we're not going to enough of that.
0: Well, real quick, though, I saw a lot of comparisons to Jordan's last shot against the the Jazz. And there weren't obviously there weren't cell phones or camera Mm -hmm, phones. mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there were, but they weren't prevalent. Um, There were phones. If there were well, wait, well if there were phones in 1998 when that shot was taken it, it would have be been same. taken yeah so like I, the comparison is just a a sign of the times but yeah interesting great photo um and i love the faces that his kids uh bronze kids are making right next to they're casually sitting you think <laughs> you think bronny has got a, a future in in marketing and getting a shoe line he's sitting next to Phil Knight, <laughs> court side I mean, hey, I'm sure he knows them already anyway oh, very, yeah, totally. very well. But, yeah, um, no, back to back to the moment there, they pause the game for, what, like 10, 15 minutes. LeBron gives a speech, you know, uh, a lot going on on the sidelines, which we mm-hmm. later come to see and learn. AD kind of dejected on the, uh, on the bench there. Russ obviously getting into it with his coach, and Kareem's kind of like, it was just a weird night for kareem too but he's <laughs> he was very gracious um but yeah a lot of a, a big moment for the nba um and you know what's what's scary is the dude is a couple years away from being done at this point um so kudos to him all-time leading scorer i don't know where he's at now but that mark was thirty eight thousand three hundred eighty seven yeah. points So uh, I should
1: make a bet that he's absolutely going to break forty thousand before his career is over. Um, so I should got I should probably check that out in Vegas, and see that and see what the odds are with that, because uh, there's a lot of points still to go uh, to get to that. But I think he can easily do it. Um, which yeah, says a I mean, lot. He's
0: the, he's the number one option on his team at thirty eight yeah. years old, and he's yeah. playing. He's playing well. Well, uh, he's
1: the number one option when AD is not healthy when ad is healthy the ball really should be ran through ad uh that's the whole reason one of the biggest reasons they went and got him is so lebron didn't have to do so much uh but that hasn't turned out to be the case uh but the fact that this man he was locked in first off i want those 20s that he was wearing those lebron 20s that basically pay homage to Uh, off-white because of that silver, the way the silver swooshes. And so I saw those pink, and I said, I need those. I need them. I need them for myself ASAP. But he was so locked in, Sam, it was nuts. And I could tell. I was like, yeah, he's breaking this. He's 100% breaking this. You could, There was no way it was going to happen. The energy in that building every time he touched the ball, wild. And to sit there and watch it, like I stayed up way past my bedtime, to watch it since it was a west coast game and i said there's no way i'm going to sleep and not seeing this and man it was i'm glad i got to witness a lot of history in my lifetime and see yeah, that was, too because that's a definitely. record i don't
0: think anybody thought was gonna broken sam so yeah I'm, dude it's a lot of points i mean it is it's a lot like mj's not I mean, I think he's close, right? But like, that's still like, that's a lot of points. And, and yeah, did say, in 150
1: games quicker than Kareem. Quicker than
0: Kareem yeah. Um, and just a testament to his thing, uh, you know, career and staying healthy for the most part and what he does to his body. And, and you highlighted that last week and certainly made some big proclamations that, you know, I was not prepared to have that conversation, but still LeBron is one of one. And there's, a, there's going to be a plenty of time to to talk about his career. But something that I've, I ended up posting on Instagram too, but I saw from Zach Cram from The Ringer. And something that really kind of just sums up LeBron for me. Probably nothing sums up LeBron all around greatness better than he's the highest score in NBA history, both regular season and the playoffs. Yet his most famous play came on defense. Yeah, that block, the chase down block. It's got to be the block, right? I mean, that's when you when I think of LeBron, I think of two things. I think of the block and then that picture while he was with the Lakers in the Air Canada center where he's got he does that uh, like he's doing that windmill dunk and the the guys, the camera guys at the baseline or right at the uh, the stanchion there and Mm -hmm. and taking that shot. Those are two images that I think of LeBron there. Well, I'm I'm really surprised
1: you didn't mentioned his most iconic pitcher ever was Dwayne Wade throwing the alley-oop oh, and yeah. running away. A, that one that really is the most
0: iconic pitcher ever love that shot period so yeah yeah, certainly have, a lot of time to uh to give Braun his flowers but I just want to take a couple minutes now to to certainly do that because he's he's the goat for sure Love loved that we got to witness that what what's next uh do some UFC corner I don't really want to go into that. Uh, okay,
1: we don't have to. I don't want to go into that. How about do you? Too care? much controversy going around there right now. I'm letting it die down a little bit. Okay, I uh, watched the beginning of it and then I fell asleep. Fair. I fell asleep halfway through, but I woke up for the two cars that I really really cared about, which is the Co Main and the Main. So I, got I to see not. what I
0: came there for. But I will watch the the replay for sure. You should. You definitely um, should. All right. Do you care then? Let's go. Hey, NFL honors happened on Thursday night. The uh, basically award NFL turned the award ceremony or award presentation in a ceremony. Uh, I didn't watch it, uh, but I didn't either. You know, do you care? It happened. Uh, Yeah, I always care because
1: I want to see who wins. I I'm just still pissed of of the defensive player of the year and also coach of the year. Uh, those are the only two that I really not too fond of, but I'm super happy for you, uh, having the offensive rookie of the year and the defensive rookie of the year on your team. So kudos to you for sure. You, sir. Um, I, I I was mad. I wasn't mad that Mahomes got it. I mean, I think those two games that Jalen was out this season uh, that really pushed him back, uh, and Mahomes did it. But their their numbers were very very close to one another. Uh, Nick Bosa. I would have put Hassan Reddick right there because he actually, if you look at his stats, they were better. Uh, and Brian Dable, I know he got uh, the giants to where they were, but Nick Sirianni literally had the best team in the NFC and led them to where they were. So, but uh, that's not knocking Dable because what he did with the giants, nobody expected them except Dame, <laughs> expecting them to Dame. <laughs> to do what uh, they were going to do. And here we are. But Sauce is that dude. It's also not a surprise that Justin Jefferson is the offensive player of the year because he balled the hell out. Uh so yeah, I I always I always care because I i love to see uh these players that work so hard get what they deserve.
0: Yeah, I mean you you said it kind of the awards went the way we thought they were gonna go for the most part. I i agree with the Sirianni Dable thing, but no one saw the, the Giants playing yeah. this way and yeah. i think that's certainly a testament to the uh the fresh air that 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 this team has if you take justin jefferson's first three years in the league and you look at it like historically and i am i don't want to waste time so i won't really get into it but i saw basically those stats and where it'll, it all it's incredible man he's he's certainly a, a force and you know just an impact player and yeah i'm gonna take i'm gonna take a second and do a lap for my Jets here, offensive <laughs> and defensive rookie of the year. Uh, the Saints did it with Camara and uh, Michael, um, who's the, Lattimore, Marshawn Lattimore. But before that, it hadn't been done in a long time. So kudos there. And, um, you know, to the Hall of Fame uh, announcement, first first ballot Hall of Famer, Darrell Rivas, no doubt in my mind, my favorite football player, um, my favorite Jet. And as, should just, be. as uh just really happy for that moment. And speaking uh as a Jets fan, Joe Klecko too, finally making it in there. So that that was cool. Uh but yeah, the the rest of the Hall of Fame class included Ronde Barber, uh, you know, uh Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, Demarcus Ware, to to name a few there. You wanna take any uh couple seconds on any of these guys? I mean, I love Revis. Revis Island was something crazy. I mean, he was
1: Cool. One of my favorite rappers of all time, Mac Miller, uh, uh, who has a bunch of bars with him. Literally, Mac would would come stay with Darrell Rivas and go shopping in New York, which is one of his classic bars there. Shout out to Joe Thomas. Absolutely a problem uh, on the Browns. Uh, Love, love, love him. DeMarcus Ware, hated seeing him uh, go against my Eagles, but you the guys that you hate is the guys that you have respect for and i at least in comes to sports and i have a ton of respect for him uh ronde put in that work down there uh with the Bucks, so I, I i'm not mad at that at all so yeah shout outs to shout outs to the uh hall of fame class of 2023
0: yeah and and 24 is looking stacked as well i yeah. think you probably agree with me if there are any first ballots in these in this class here I i think off the top julius pepper's Antonio Gates right up there. I'd always used to joke about Julius Peppers, just, you know, come coming into the league and, and me and in- enjoying the NFL draft and, mm-hmm. and being very young and not knowing a lot, just his size and the way he got off the line and got in these tackles faces. He was the monster that hit under your bed is what I used to say about, because he's just a problem. Julius and, uh, Peppers, yeah, dude, he, he totally is. Antonio Gates, define the tight end position for the modern nfl game one of the best and, ever yeah it's a it's a shame he played on he played on some really good charger teams that didn't go anywhere but hell of a career there and eric barry hello de Nata, brandon marshall the no, uh don't just walk past eric Berry like that eric barry was i like love eric Berry. problem i love yeah. one of my favorite safeties ever ever totally. and i wish he kind of you know i wish the end of his career yeah, it was different. Was yeah. different. Certainly he was uh diagnosed with uh was it leukemia, I believe. And I, I forgot, mean he, yeah. he recovered and uh just I don't know if he just wasn't the same player after that, just didn't get the yeah, same no, he wasn't. The same shake he, yeah, there he wasn't, and rightfully no. so, and you know totally debilitating disease and, and thankfully he, you know, all, all signs are that he's he's good, but hell of a career there. I mentioned Nada, Brandon Marshall, the wide out. Jamar Charles, uh Andrew Luck on this list. That's yeah. interesting.
1: So I have a question for you. Like do you feel like Andrew Luck is a Hall of Famer? No. Okay. That's
0: that's exactly
1: where I was at. Hall of Fame
0: talent? Oh, yeah, totally, but he didn't totally. he doesn't have the Hall of Fame numbers. So no, no. I don't think so. Yeah. And I haven't looked at them. But, you know, how long did he play play in this league? Uh 7 years. I think everyone in this class retired in 2018, I believe, or 2017. Mm-hmm. So, it's yeah, it's really
1: it sad that he's not in the league right now. And it's still really sad that he had all that talent and just was hurt so much. Just it just hurts me, Sam, because I, I know that he could have been. He was great when he was out there, but. That man basically was a pinball yep. against the the flappers at a pinball machine
0: and just get bouncing everywhere. So, yeah, no, he uh, it totally was. And yeah, he retired before the. 2019 season started so Mm -hmm. yeah so what's that seven years in the league eight years so it's you know it's a shame but talent wise um you know great at that position and and sidebar real quick rg3 fantastic on the air oh yeah he is he's you know i've i've watched him and i've i've seen him do college and and you know nfl coverage but i i really tuned in for like pre-game coverage Mm-hmm. He's he's exceptional. He's really good on the air. Uh Jordy Nelson, Doug Baldwin, Sebastian Janikowski, the former first round kicker. Uh also included in this class. But yeah, I, I think off the top, the the guys that would give some serious run at first ballot are Peppers and Gates here. So I agree. yeah, loaded class for next year. Uh do you care? Topic number two. Major League Baseball's joint competition committee today, Tuesday, the 13th, voted to make the rule of automatically placing a runner at second base at the start of every extra inning regular season game permanent on Monday sources told the athletic so the extra inning ghost runner rule quote unquote was first implemented as you, as you know Hayes during the 2020 season uh and uh you know they adopted it the last couple of years as well so ghost runner not going away thoughts do you care I
1: don't care. I do care that you just said Tuesday the thirteenth, and this is Monday the thirteenth we're recording. Sorry. Tuesday fourteenth, which would be Valentine's Day, uh, which would be Happy Valentine's Day to all you love birds out there. Uh, but I don't give a damn about this. I just want them to talk more and more about them doing the the strike zone check at home plate. That's all I really care about to see if that's going to make it to the major league baseball. Oh, uh, the the robot ump's. Ah, uh, the like what? a uh, my our boy did. And was able to, to add the instant replay or basically oh, challenge, yeah, yeah. challenge. I guess I need was, that. Yeah. I need that
0: in in MLB. I need yeah, that. we get we get closer to major league baseball starting up. Uh we'll we'll dive into these new rules. I'm I'm sure we both have a lot to say. We do about some of these new rules. We'll get to that there. Yeah, I don't I don't really care. I don't love the ghost runner thing. I understand it from a time of, of game aspect, but Mm-hmm. people that are watching baseball you either w- watch baseball or you don't in the sense of like the game is too long yeah there's a lot of them and it's they're three plus hours but like i think if you applied the ghost runner rule say after the 10th inning or something 11th mm-hmm. inning that would probably be more uh that would be kind of easier easily accepted more that makes sense mm-hmm. uh, but you know it is what it is i don't really care that much Yeah. Uh, Topic number three, Derek Jeter is joining Fox Sports Baseball coverage. It sounds like he's going to be in the studio. Uh, He was in Arizona and A-Rod was there with Kurt Menefee, Sigma new Kurt Menefee, by the way, uh, and (laughs) came out and Derek Jeter uh, basically said, I was on the set of the world series in Philly last year with David Ortiz. And he kept showing me his world series rings. So I figured I'd join the team and humble them just a little bit. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, interesting. Uh, very interesting to see Derek Jeter, who is just a calm, reserved, probably strongly opinionated guy, but pretty much keeps everything still to this day, close to the vest. Uh, and a similar situation we talked about with Tom Brady and what his next career in broadcasting is going to look like one of the greats can he can he make this transition and be critical and and you know do what what a good commentator should do and it'd be interesting to see that from Derek Jeter who's notoriously not one to open his mouth and and get into trouble or to say something that's not flattering so uh do you care Jeter is joining Fox Sports I do. I care that Jeter has been
1: making this kind of a uh, tour as of late uh, since uh, leaving the Marlins as the GM. Uh, I, I love that he's kind of opening up a little bit more and, and basically taking his victory lap. Yep. Totally. Right. He, he, he's more he's accepting. I mean, he, I know he he's not oblivious. He's smart as hell. He's He knows who he is. He knows that he's Derek Jeter, formerly of the Yankees. Uh, how he's changed the game and changed the position at shortstop and how much he's influenced this current generation. And I think now being in commercials, allowing that documentary to happen, going on Saturday night live, being a part of a baseball coverage crew that he's going to be on baseball multiple or on TV, multiple times a week in front of the camera. Uh I'm just very happy as a Yankee fan that we actually get to, to see that and see DJ. Cause I felt like he was just tucked away down in Miami, um, and and I know people want to hear more from Derek Jeter. I mean, he's a, a face of the game. I think the more interesting part is him and A-Rod working together yeah. is, is going to be very, very interesting because I want to see how the two coexist uh, yeah, because he- of their relationship that they have or don't have.
0: So. Yeah, well documented. It, Jeter mentioned on the K-Rod broadcast Michael K and and A-Rod doing that um alternate broadcast on ESPN2 during mm-hmm. Sunday Night baseball that they, you know, they talk things over, they bury the hatchet kind of thing. So I love you, that. You, yeah, and you mentioned all of this already Hayes, but like well thought out and executed marketing plan from Jeter since resigning from the Marlins as CEO first black CEO. In baseball mm-hmm. resigns in february of last year and since then everything has been so calculated and he is he is out there he's more engaged with the yankees they you know they they were they did the monument parker the the retirement mm-hmm. the hall of fame thing recently he's was involved he's going to all these things on behalf of the yankees he's you know he sat down with judge he was at the judge press conference yep. he's, you know, yep. um, just all of this has been, he's in the car commercials, you know, his, him yep. and his, he's getting his, his family wife. out there. Mm-hmm. It, it, from the moment all that started unfolding, okay, what's he up to? He's up to like what, in a good way, like what's next? What's he planning here? And you could s- certainly see a, a career in, you know, uh, running an, another organization. And uh, just kudos. I mean, he's, he's the captain. He'll always be the captain. And, uh, it's, I'm it's glad really he's not a recluse legend that we kind of can see but can't touch, and I'm glad to your point he is he's visible and and Yankee lore again, which is great.
1: I love it, and I I I also very much so enjoy the fact that within a month span, you have Derek Jeter signing on to Fox Sports for baseball, and you have Tom Brady fin- signing on to Fox Sports for football. You have two pioneers, two legends of their sports. And it's it's cool to see these guys still wanting to be around their sport. Right. They don't just want to fade off into the background like they they are prolific figures and they are now gonna be talking the game. So now we we get to see more of the insight in their thought process. Doesn't mean they're gonna be great at it. We'll see, right? I mean, your boy, Drew Brees, who's your guy was terrible at it, terrible, you know, but doesn't mean that he's not a a great football mind, because clearly you had to be to play the position that he was at the high level that he was. So, um, yeah, intrigued to see this Um, also, which I brought up to Sam that he didn't know. uh, Jeter is a part of the first GQ Sports Hall of Fame, which includes A.I., Allen Iverson and Deion Sanders. Though was pretty cool. They did that uh, Super Bowl weekend and the three of them, as they as I said to Sam, I see AI and I see Dion and how they changed, like how the cultures looked in both of their sports. Not so much for DJ, like at least fashion wise for me. But I, I guess it makes sense, Sam, because, I mean, he is the captain of the Yankees in New York and they watched him everywhere he went. So that's the only thing I can think of. But he never had that.
0: yeah for sure um just a a a great uh you know great award i guess i don't know like i i don't quite get the jeter thing as as you mentioned but what ai is if you were to think of that i mean i don't know if anyone has changed the sports clothing culture like ai did i mean they the nba instituted rules because of him, because yeah. of the street wear and and you know the cornels and and the street wear, the and, uh, sleeves you know, that the all pitch.
1: players wear nowadays. He was the I first person you
0: know. to wear sleeves. Unless it's just me, might might be me. My bad.
1: Yeah, as I was saying, because I don't know what Sam's robot computer did. uh the sleeves that NBA players are wearing nowadays are. From Iverson, he was the first one to wear sleeves and nobody was wearing that. He was wearing the spiderweb sleeve, which nobody wears anymore. He was wearing different types of sleeves and that was him. So he changed. He changed it completely, man. Um, Dion also, he brought the hip hop to uh, the NFL and that has never, ever, ever left. So absolutely love that. Who do you think's next? Who would
0: you put next? For... Jalen Rose's suit and then be addressed. Hell no. <laughs> uh
1: hell, hell, hell no. I don't know. I had to think i I genuinely have to think about that for like football. I'm trying to think of like football. Like Randy Moss would have something to do with it. Like he wasn't like overly dressed, but anything that he touched was that. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly have to think about it. I have to look at
0: at them and and see from there. I have no clue right now. put you on the spot there thanks uh great award (laughs) gq sports hall of fame didn't know i had a gq subscription for a long time i had no idea i have questions about that continue i i just i did Mm -hmm. Uh, questions bref Favre. last but not least suing shannon sharp and pat mcafee for defamatory allegations regarding you know the mess in mississippi about the the fraudulent money being spent that uh Ended up built, you know, with building his daughter's school of volleyball arena or something like that. Uh, we talked about it. It does not get talked about enough. Enough. And, uh, we've talked about that too, and the fact that I didn't know much about this is just further testament that. Yeah, i not going to talk to the bad enough. It's, but, funny. Uh, it's yeah. funny how we hear
1: about Kyrie talking about the earth flat way more. We talk about Brett Favre stealing $77 million from one of the poorest cities in the whole United States. States yeah. But I mean, I guess that's cool. So do I care about this? Yes, I care about Brett Favre because I'm not even going to call him Favre anymore. Brett Favre over here. You're an idiot suing them. It's going to be fun. Pat McAfee basically summed it up and said, can't wait to see you. Can't wait to see you in court, bud. Uh, so I absolutely love that this is happening because Brett, it's it's there. They they're not saying anything that isn't already out there, isn't public record. I just find it very very funny that these are the two people that he's going after more than anybody else. Like, why are these the two that he's going after? Uh, so I have to read into that a little bit more. But Mr. Favor, uh, I learned more about him because you know. Sam, when we were younger, I never realized, like, the Brett, Brett Favor that I know. Uh, I only knew him from the Packers, right? And then I got into throwback jerseys, and then I saw a, a Favor jersey on the Falcons. Yeah, he was drafted by the Falcons.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I know it him.
1: now. I know all about it now. Iconic I picture then. of
0: him answering the phone when he was drafted.
1: Mm-hmm. Didn't know all about it then, right? And then I watched Doc of that.
0: Dirty why are you holding team? a plant? Just just hush. You're <laughs> holding a just plant. hush. Just just <laughs> roll with me, man. Just, just,
1: just hush. All right. Uh, I'm getting some oxygen to my head right now because I need it. Because favor, we're talking about favor. Uh clearly he needs to sniff a plant on uh, come back to earth or something. Uh <laughs> He's doing whatever his boy Rogers is doing out in the desert. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe he needs to go sit in the dark with him. Uh, but the fact that he had this career start off. And he was basically drunk all the time, never showing up, never doing what he's supposed to be doing. And then to have a career like that is like, this This guy's been trouble from the start, huh? It's pretty funny how things work out. But, you know, I guess you have to be in favor for Brett Favor
0: uh, for this wanna, to happen. I want to point out that you made fun of me for having a GQ subscription and you're holding a house plant while doing a sports podcast and you're part of it. Uh, yeah, so. You're damn right. I was... I was talking to my
1: house plant so it can continue to grow. It purifies the air, Sam, so I can breathe. Okay. I want to I be know, a healthy human. I have human.
0: plants, too. You see? see okay, well, are
1: they air purifier plants? I no. also have an air purifier right yeah, here. Yeah, Walt, get a plant. Damn it. I have one. It's well, not about me. This is about Brett. Okay. It's about Brett. Stay here. Do you care about Brett or not?
0: No. Do I care about what he's doing to the uh, the poorest state in the country? Yes. Uh, but it doesn't seem like. Too many people down there care what's going on. Yeah, not at all. Uh, you know, so clearly that's you know. I I hope it. I hope something comes of it. It'll be interesting to see uh, this, um, uh, you know, play out in in the courts and in the press mm-hmm. and whatnot. Because yeah, uh, I mean, there's proof that he did this and got a tried to get around it. So I mean, I don't know what defamatory, like how. I don't I don't know. I don't get it, but I'm not a lawyer and I haven't been paying too much attention to the story because I don't like Brett favor that much. Good. (laughs) So there's that. And that's that's it. Episode 88 of the Chasing Points podcast in the books. Hey, uh, Brandon, real quick, I probably should have mentioned this at the top of the show, doing some research and saw that Apple podcast is by far the highest, um, you know, the the biggest platform that we're on the most listens come from apple Podcasts. so do us a favor give us that five-star review and um you know goes a long way to helping our show grow and uh we love doing it so appreciate it so yeah apple Podcasts, check it out five stars on spotify too so uh for brandon my name is sam thanks so much for listening happy valentine's day to alicia and natalie and ethan bye Crazy how
1: Sam almost forgot one of his kids. Um, So I want the girls. It's, it's, dead, dead, the girls. But, uh, this is my time. My time. OK, you sit there. You relax. All right. Happy Valentine's Day to you, Sam. Making me all goddamn hostile on my damn podcast with you. um, Gentlemen, I'm going to speak to you real quick. Ladies, you just sit back and you relax. This is, this is for you. I mean, and ladies, you can get something for your man, too, if you want to. Uh, gentlemen, I'm I'm probably the worst person to give you advice on this because I hate Valentine's Day because I truly believe you don't need one day to show your partner that you love them. But for you gentlemen out here that uh, have been dropping the ball, uh, this is time to make up and then continue to carry this on throughout the rest of the year. Uh, take your young lady to her favorite restaurant. Listen, all the things that she said leading up to this day, I hope you heard what she said and you can take her to these places. You ain't got to Bring them and buy them the most extravagant game things in the world. But, you know, if you got a little money, you can do a little something. OK, take it to your favorite restaurant. Take in. My favorite thing is to, eat, to get some takeout and eat in. You know what I mean? Just relax with your lady. Do some things. We're going to paint for Valentine's Day this year together. Look at that. Something nice. Something that I haven't done. Painting on a canvas. Ladies. Love you, man.
0: Please post that, by the way. I,
1: I might. I might post it. Ladies, if you want to get something for your man, too, this is not a one-sided thing. This is equality. This is 2023. Get your man something he likes, too. So you both can have an enjoyable day. And it doesn't have to be something that you paid for. Make something for your partner. Take your partner somewhere. Do something together. Do something fun. Enjoy each other. It's Valentine's Day. From your resident Cupid, Brandon.